What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, today we've got a very special guest on the podcast here today. We've got Steve Morse, a.k.a. Mr. Minty. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we've tried to hammer this one out a few times. Uh, the first time I actually got to like speak, speak to you was at uh, the expo. And I was very happy that you were there. And I was, uh, I, you I know, yeah, yeah. I got to share the, the, the stage with you a few times. And that was awesome. And, and I got to know you a little bit more. And I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. And I want to get to know you even more than that. So, so this is going to be a fun one for me. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Dude, thanks for having me. I, you know, it took a couple times, you know, uh, uh, kids sick and all, but we finally made it. We persevered. Holiday season's tough too, though, you know? Sure is. Sure yeah, is. Things get, uh, they're all over the place. So talk to me a little bit about Mr. Minty. First of all, um, you know, congratulations on a successful business. Thank uh, you. And congratulations on, I mean, essentially creating something that didn't exist before, right? Like you, you saw an opportunity in the market. A lot of people were submitting cards. People weren't really submitting cards at the volumes that they, they were back in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and uh, prior to that. And so, you know, I guess the market hadn't really needed use for something like like you have. But now it is very apparent that a lot of people need someone to either review their cards or clean their cards or or make sure that they're in the best shape possible, especially given the fact that the values fluctuate dramatically depending on the grades. So talk to me a little bit about that process. Like talk to me about uh, just the inception of, of Mr. Minty and, and how that came about. Totally. Well, uh, it started like 10 years ago. Um, I was dating my wife. She worked weekends. So I spent all my weekends raiding you know, um, garage sales and flea markets, buying all these cards and then submitting them for grading. So I learned um, you know, the PSA scales and the Beckett scales just through submitting hundreds and hundreds and reviewing thousands and thousands of cards. Um, fast forward close to the pandemic, um, you know, I was submitting cards for a lot of friends. I'm examining their cards and, you know, cleaning them up. And I kept on seeing as the hobby got more and more um, popular, I kept on seeing my card was mint. And PSA said it's a six, you know, and, and all this like negative comment uh, content on uh, the web was really growing. And I realized that there was just a big gap um, in card education and, you know, knowing condition and, you know, looking at cards. And, you know, I, I have a background in product development, footwear, and backpacks and sports stuff. And I found an opportunity to make products for uh, for collectibles. That is awesome. I had no idea that it went back that far, that far. I mean, I guess, I, you know, as I speak to more and more people on this sh on this show, you, I, I kind of get to know the fact that, or, or one thing remains true is that like the people who, you know, were in this market or continue to be a part of this market and, and, you know, you put your time in eventually it kind of just works itself out. And I don't even know how the hell that happens, but it just, it just always seems to, and it's like, not something you ever thought that you'd really be doing, but you know, here we are. And like, I'm like very passionate about it, you know, at least in your case. And, and I'm happy that, that 
you've kind of found exactly what it is that you're meant to do. I mean, you show up at all the shows with an apron. You've really like embraced the role. Like I like the, the black gloves, you know, like I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, a friend of mine, you know, you know, when, when you have a brand and you're going on, you go through ups and downs. And I was going through a down and a friend of mine said, own your minty. And it just resonated with me. And it's my screensaver in everything that I do from there on forward, doing the apron, the gloves, you know, it's all about, you know, owning who you are and what you're doing and what you're standing for, um, you know, and being really authentic. I love that. It reminds me a lot of um, like a, so, like a chemist in, in the lab, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's like the opposite colors of a chemist, but it's the same concept where you're like, I'm cooking up a, I'm cooking up a proper grade over here. A lot of people would call me like Mr. Clean because of my bald head. So <laughs> I get I get crazy shit too, so don't worry. <laughs> it, well, and actually, this bald head's uh, pandemic based too. I you know I used to have a nice uh, nice quaff if you say, if you will. Yeah, but, were you lost it during like, the pandemic, dude? About a weekend, I was just like. I'm not going to see anybody for a while. And never went back. <laughs> never came back. Eh? I was kind of on the same page. I was like, you know, it's just not, it's not where it used to be. I was like, you know, we're just going to, we're going to call it quits. And it yeah. just never came back. You know, that's awesome. Talk to me a little bit about your collecting journey. So you talk, you, you mentioned briefly, you know, there's garage sales and you're submitting cards in the early 2010s. What kind of stuff were you submitting? Yeah. What kind of stuff were you looking for at, at garage sales? Yeah, so I was all about buying back my childhood, right? Um, I grew up on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., and I moved out to California. Um, you know, I'd been, like, picking up cards along the way, you know, when I was in San Diego, early 2000s, found a card shop, you know, started ripping 2001 tops and, you know, got, like, LT and Drew, Drew Brees and Michael Vick, and I was stoked. Bought some Brady's a couple of years later, some LeBron's in 03. Um, but uh, um, it was all about like chasing down that Michael Jordan, you know, and like just finding the gems. It's always been about the hunt. And I named my my company off of a guy, Al, Al Rosen, Mr. Mint, who's known for the uh, uh, the Mickey Mantle find. Yeah. The find. And, you know, for me, like just reading about that as a kid, um, it's always just been about the hunt and uh so i would do these garage sales and I would, you know come back with a truck full of cards you know for 300 bucks something ridiculous and go through them all night long and i was able to get all the cards i ever wanted you know from my childhood and it was it just it was amazing it was really cool what is the craziest card you found in one of those michael jordan ricky yeah really yeah in like a like a like a garage sale box or what Mm -hmm. you, you sent it in it came back authentic everything seven wow yeah so and you know for me like that wow. was that was like like the grail right you know and listen i wasn't gonna buy a 10 like i i i couldn't afford that like even I mean, back there, then, even now like, the down market is like two hundred thousand bucks you know what i mean yeah. like that's that's pretty hefty totally but i was happy to get you know the Jerry Rice rookies, the uh, Magic Bird rookies, you know, Don Mattingly, I'm a huge fan of collect all things Don Mattingly's. And uh, um, yeah, so like everybody, I almost everybody that I ever wanted, like I was able to find 
they're cheap at garage sales. You know, I was able to like build up my collection and, uh, you know, literally cross off every single car they ever wanted off my list. And not to mention, man, when you were going hard, that was like the beauty days of collecting. Like there was like, it just came off the nineties where like not a lot of people were, I, in fact, people were like kind of out on cards and in like, and, and you're jumping in on Brady, you're jumping in on breeze, you're jumping in on LeBron, like ground floor that talk to me about the LeBron hunt. That must've been fun. Like it was LeBron had a lot of hype, right? But I mean, obviously not as much hype as like some of the guys these days, like, like Zion and Wemby. So talk to me about like, was it, did you wait to buy it, to get a LeBron rookie? Like, like, do you like talk to me about that process? I was at a shop. It was like a coin card shop. And I saw what he had one out. And it was the tops base. And for me, like, I love working cards where it's like a profile. They're holding the bat or they're yeah. holding the jersey. Like, and I was like, yeah. The white suit, right? That went right to it. It was 40 bucks. Seemed like it was worth it to me. I didn't know the price, but like, I believed in LeBron and it gemmed and it's going to steamroll from them. Do you still have it? No, I saw it a while ago. I was going to say, I was going to say for my honeymoon. Yeah. I I mean, a lot of cards paid for my honeymoon. I think that's an important thing to talk about as well. You know, we're like, I mean, you're almost looked at with like a negative light if you sell. And like, obviously, I mean, you've held this card for a while, but like sometimes you just use those cards to to live life and that's okay too you know like that's like you invested time and energy into acquiring this thing you sent it in for grading you held it for like 20 years you know like it's i'm taking this and and i'm gonna treat my wife to something because it was a piece of cardboard 100 percent. you know i have my top 10 um and those just stay on the shelf um but you know everything else can move around you know in flexibility you know? and even the top 10 like i mean if you could upgrade one of those do you know what i mean like then then all of a sudden one moves <laughs> out right like well, I, I did have a top 10 card it was a i grew up in dc so it was a 1979 tops doug williams psa 10 rookie and doug williams is a is one of uh, the super bowl for the redskins in 87 first black uh, quarterback to start in a Super Bowl, win Super Bowl MVP. So it's a very important card for like for anybody from D.C. Yeah. And there's only like 17 of them right at the time there was. Um, so I sold mine, you know, helped start my business. I was like, I got it for 200 bucks. I sold it for like 2,700. So it was like, oh, I, yeah, I got to do it, right? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until this last Burbank show where I saw another one and I just had to get it back into my collection. Oh, you got it back. I got it. Not the same exact one. No, no, I know. I'm not uh, the same exact the, one. That'd be crazy. That'd be nuts. Yeah. You're looking at old photos. You're like, this is the same cert. Everything. Same cert. It'd be insane. But, Can I uh, ask you, did you, did you buy it back for less? No, well, no. I, I don't know. I'm not sure, right? Like, the <laughs> funny thing was, it was in the booth in front of me at the Burbank show. Oh, it was meant to be, man. You had to pick it up. But I didn't see it there. A guy got it earlier in the show at the opposite, and then he, the card moved to the opposite end of the show, and I just happened to see it out of the corner of my eye um, walking the show. And I 
I paid over the last comp for it. Uh, but the fact that the card was that that guy got the card from right in front of me just blew my mind. Like, That's I was like, crazy. Yeah. You know? That is wild. I mean, also, there's something to be said about buying over comps. I mean, I've, I've talked about this a bunch of times. Like, comps are only relevant if you can find that card. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a comp doesn't mean shit if if you you haven't seen one in three, four years, right? Like, if one doesn't surface, you pay what you pay for it. Exactly. In East Coast, West Coast, middle of the country, I have not seen one. So, and there was one that went on PWCC. So I paid a little bit more over PWCC. So how about you? What's on, what's on your, your list? My, uh, my collecting list. Like what do I, yeah. or your, your, your top shelf. It's funny. You mentioned this. Like I actually started thinking about this today, which is like weird. I was sitting and I was like, you know, the market's down a little bit. Like, this is a good opportunity to grab stuff like I've always wanted, like always yeah. wanted, right? And I, I really started to sit and like think about, you know, what that, like curating what that would look like. Uh, I think it would be, I definitely get like a 1958 Pele, which is like oh. a soccer sticker. Yeah. Yeah. I would get um, a high grade Uzebu. So probably the blue back though, or the, I mean, these are all things that like, you probably don't know, but that's fine. Like I, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm big on stickers, huge on stickers. Most of my PC is soccer stickers or like 90, like mid nineties refractors or, uh, like notable players from my past. Um, yeah. And then, and then for me, like the, those grail cards, I care way more about completing sets so like i said there's like probably i would say four or five like a lot of people are like oh mickey mantle i'm like would i like a mickey mantle for sure but like it's not something i've always been like i really want a mantle rookie right like like oh this is something that would define my life like i would much prefer to get like a ronaldo mega cracks psa 10 than i would uh a mickey mantle rookie right and and like feel the same way like yeah. like it's like it's I know the importance, but I've never thought of myself of owning one, you know, so it's not it. It seems it seems out of reach, so I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I just I just don't have like a, a strong attachment to that card. Right. Like I. Yeah. I don't know. I I think a, like a black like a black tox tops chrome or black refractor tops chrome LeBron would be like a, I think a pretty big card for me. Or the gold tops chrome. I mean, I think it would be massive. I mean, both of those are way outside my budget, but both of those would would I think mean more to me than a Mickey Mantle would. Just because like I I grew up watching LeBron and do like I mean, the guy has been an absolute animal. Um, yeah. I mean, he just won the NCAA tournament last year or last yesterday actually, as we're yeah. recording this. Uh, yeah, man. So it's funny we're talking about like you know what are what are some of the like the mantle. <laughs> Not Mickey Mantle, but like the Mantle Vise cards, right? Um, talk to me a little bit about how your collecting has kind of like shifted as you started to essentially get more involved in like the business aspect. Like, do you find yourself collecting less? Do you find yourself buying less? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I really established my top 10, which was, and I recommend all collectors do that. Like, so it gives you focus when collecting. Um, so it's like, you know what you're hunting for because it's really easy to lose focus 
you know, it's like, oh, well, this is my most expensive card. You know, this is my best hit, you know, so like, you know, like and get attached to those versus yeah. like what what or who you're really passionate about. You know, from the business side, I had to I really had to, you know, put a fine line down. You know, I couldn't collect and run a business at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I chose the business. Um, you know, when when I see something I like at a card show, I'll buy it. Um, but it's it's um like I went to the University of Georgia. So uh when the Bowman U product came out, I make sure I got gold Stetson Bennett. Yeah, he was the Georgia quarterback, you know. Um but uh but yeah, it's it's a lot less collecting uh when you're running a business for sure. I believe it. I also love the fact that I mean, you're collecting college cards. Like there's so there's such like a right. like a like a a negative connotation towards college cards cuz they're not in their pro uniforms and I mean, I I wondered why there's such a diehard like attachment to college teams you know especially when we're talking about football and basketball and yet somehow that hasn't translated like nearly at all in the hobby in fact like you know college stuff is no one really i mean not saying nobody but the vast majority of people they don't they don't care at all for college stuff that stuff sits on the shelves you know except for I guess right before the player gets pro cards, right? But like, there's not a lot of people collecting for the sake of like having that college uniform stuff. And so I, I think I, I personally love it. Like, that's what it, I mean. It, I think I love. I love really, that. It's you definitely feel like the oddball out um, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, like myself and uh, do you know Jeff Wilson? So Jeff, we both went to SEC schools. He went to Florida. I went to Georgia. There's a big football rivalry there. And we both secretly love college cards. Like it's, you know, there's like no better way to like cheer on your school than to like have, you know, you know, these sick cards, you know, yeah. and they don't have the values, the pro unis, but uh, like it's know, kind of, it's kind of them. fun that way though. Right. Cause like you can pretty much buy whatever the hell you want. Right. Like, yeah. I, like Ryan card collector too is like that too. He has a massive Ohio state PC. And I mean, he get, you can get one of ones, you can get colds, you can get like pretty much whatever you want, like within like reasonable prices for cards though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, you know, you've heard of Sam Howell. He's one yeah, of, the, of course. the higher pumped uh, um, quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So I yeah. have um, a super tractor. Um, from Bowman U. Um, and I was able to get it really cheap two years ago when it came out because no one cared about that it was in his college uniform. But uh, that's pretty um, damn cool. Carolina, yeah, it's a one of one super fractor. Um, and it's his first, uh, so it's his Bowman first. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're a baseball guy, you know, Bowman first is everything. And hopefully, Fanatics kind of, I think Fanatics is going to do a good job training um, collectors to use Bowman and Bowman first as like pre-rookie cards. I think so, eh? I think so. I think so. I, th I think they're going to put a lot, they're going to put enough hype behind it that really train that football and basketball collector to think of uh, Bowman the same way they do as baseball. I mean, they're thinking, they're thinking long-term for sure here, right? Like uh, they're, they're working hard at getting kids in the space. I know that people are talking about like prices being unobtainable for kids, um, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like you have 
young ones, right? One, two? Yeah. I, uh, she's, Heaven? Uh, she's three. She's there three. I'm the 11 year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, you know, card prices are out of reach for, for young kids, but, you know, they, they make good products for, uh, um, for starting out collectors. And I think, you know, Target and, and uh, Walmart, you know, places like that are great places for kids to get introduced to cards. I remember getting my first cards at Toys R Us versus, yeah. you know, Hobby Shop. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think they got to develop a couple more products and set tiers, you know, evenly distribute tiers better. I think there was a time where there was a lot of good product at the retail level and it just created a lot of confusion um, about what you could get, you know, at retail versus hobby and like the same product in both created confusion. So I think they'll, I think they'll merchandise through that. Um, But yeah, I I think Fanax is going to do a wonderful job. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, um, not only not only for cardboard, you know. I think they're when they say 10x the hobby, I really think they're going to bring um, sports and collectibles and cardboard and um, and memorabilia and hip hop and music and and athletes and all that stuff and just mend it into one. And I think it's going to be really cool. I mean, I think we're already seeing a lot of that, right? Like it's, I mean, even the fact that Tom Brady's got his own now a Bowman baseball card. I mean, that in large part, has to it. what scale of one to 10. How cool is that? I mean, it's wild, right? It's crazy. It's like, uh, it's eight or nine or 10. I mean, people are so like, they're very upset about this. They're like, Oh, it's ridiculous. He doesn't, he didn't have a card before. I think he doesn't thing. have a card now. I mean, there's also a $500,000 bounty on it, on, mm-hmm. on, his, on the gold. Uh, I also think it's just really cool that he inscribed all the, the, the Jersey numbered ones. So like, Obviously, someone understands that jersey numbers mean something. Do you know what I mean? Like the so like someone has coached him to like be like, hey, listen, these these jersey numbered cards are already more desirable. So like, let's make them even more desirable by inscribing the jersey numbered cards. And so at each tier, like that I saw, at least with the I think it's orange and the gold, the jersey numbered cards are, are are inscribed. So I think that is ridiculously cool. I, like I said, I don't know if that that partnership would ever happen if it wasn't for you know his relationship with Michael Rubin, and yeah. I, we've seen Michael Rubin tour him around you know to Gillette Stadium for for uh, card events, and you know he's been on Fanatics Live, and he was on a break with he was on a, a video call with Leighton while he was on Fanatics Live. Like I just don't know if we've ever seen athletes in this space so close, like so close. And it's much closer than they'd ever be on TV. And I think that's really fucking cool. It's I really think, cool. You know, I think it's really fucking cool that your hobby and my hobby has the ability to put someone like within arm's reach. Not only someone, but someone you idolize either growing up or currently, you know, watching on TV and and having all these accolades and, and contributing to all these important moments in yours and and so many other people's lives through sports the reason why we love collecting right yep and like there's just never been closer and i don't know how you can't get excited about something like that make no mistake about it i love collecting because i love sports and i'm not an athlete so i wasn't going to be on the court but the closest way i can get there is by holding the card while i watch tv you know yeah 
Yeah. And I mean, and now you have events where like those athletes are walking around and it's whereas before a lot of them was like it was like auto auto like you'd go to autograph signings, right? And like they're there, but they're kind of there for business. I mean, now a lot of the time they're there just to shoot the shit. And like at least from what we've seen so far, they're just kind of walking around, they're handing out packs, they're engaging. Like it's it's kind of surreal. It's really cool. And like like I can really envision something like tops now VR where you're at a card show, put on a headset and takes you into like one of like 20 like events, you know, like where you can relive like a no hitter or a, uh, or a game winning shot or something like that. Like there's so many cool things that we can do. And I was just off the phone with Min from graded guard and just about how, you know, fanatics and how other, you know, brands have emerged and come into the space. The fruit was so low hanging. It was just dudes collecting cardboard, for, you know, prior. And now we can have athletes and music and memorabilia and all these cool things together in one. It's going to be awesome. How do you feel about, the, uh, how do you, you know, let's say you were having a conversation with a, a true purist who is just like so against all of the stuff that's happening right now. Like what, what would you say to someone like that? Get off my lawn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like, some I've had those conversations with people, and then I just point to the old guy that isn't doing anything at the card show, that's standing there, who hasn't sold anything, who won't budge on his prices, who hasn't moved a card, and he's just been standing there miserable all weekend long and like you know you got to move with the ebbs and flows of the hobby and this is really exciting and it's it's there's money coming into the hobby there's businesses that have, that have emerged that have evolved um there's just so many exciting things like we're getting closer and closer and closer to what we love which is actually the sport and it's uh um and the the cards are an offset of that and it's it's really really exciting but collectors collect collect any way they want. I agree. And, and that and that's uh you know there's certain like podcasts that say you know you have to collect this way and you know and like you can only collect these type of cards. No, collectors can collect any way they want. They can do whatever they want. You know, and if they want to go to these mega events, they can. If they want to stay in their basement, they can too. I agree. Let's talk about some of the discrepancies with grading. So I mean, this is you and I were talking about this not not too long ago. Uh, the, the Anthony Volpe, the one that came out of the, the tops lids, uh, did you see it? Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw the crease. You think that crease warrants a two though? So from the, so, so again, I mean, we're, we're working off, we're working off of, of just it's... scans, right? So like, yeah, I, it was not much to go off of. Granted, I can only see two millimeters of the crease between the edge of the crease and your forehead. So of my fault. Hard. But uh, um, no, based off that alone, no. But if it's about a two and a half inches, yeah, absolutely. Really? It's, yeah, yeah. And there were some indents that I pointed out to you as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's something funky going on. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's unreasonable because like those packs were, as I, I mentioned, they were, and for those of you who don't know, we're talking about the lids was running a promotion with these 75th anniversary hats or so, something of that nature. 
where each one had a patch uh, from an old school baseball pack. And wherever you were in the country, whether you were in Tampa Bay, whether you were in Cleveland, you you actually were had the ability to buy that team's retro fit. Uh, and with that, it came with a pack of cards. It came like with a silver pack, essentially three cards. And they were handled by lids employees. They were actually I saw that they, they came out of like a bag, you know, so it's not like these things were properly <laughs> stored, you know, like they literally came out of like a sack. Right. So it's not like these things were properly stored. I did not expect them to come out like gem. I was just very surprised that a pack fresh card came back at two. And especially one that was like number to 50, it's the prominent rookie in that chase. Like, I was like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> the two guess, has a little character, though. I mean, it's a pop one, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I do, actually, let's hear it. Do you think that, so when was the last time you submit things? Was it weekly, monthly? Like, yeah, I, I'm about at PSA once a week every other week do you you walk you do walkthroughs like you walk yeah i'm blessed to live 10 minutes away from from psa so so do you think that the grading has changed in the last six months no no you're allowed to say no no i don't think so um i think beckett's gotten tougher yeah i and this is like firsthand. This is firsthand yeah. experience. I mean, you you literally so, clean so, cards to submit, right? So yeah, yeah. So like, PSA's best graders are on like prior to '90s products. So you know, their best best graders are on vintage. They're like best most knowledgeable stuff. Um, you know, really high end graders are doing everything '70s, '80s, '90s things like that, and the the bulk products are you know are handled by the new guys so new most people. of them are yeah. handled by the newbies you know unless it's like a ten thousand dollar submission then they're you know a branch long guy but like uh um everybody knew that they brought on they had to get them in on the you know the the bulk you know new stuff that came they gotta so put them somewhere new... they gotta put them somewhere yeah and it's it's gonna be on the new product because you know the new product's not worth as much yeah uh so yeah, so I think uh, um, they're allowed with that. You know, training allows for a lot more, you know, volatility in their their grading. And I think uh, for ninety stuff, it's a bit uh, they're a bit more generous. I think uh, there's they're a lot more. They put a lot more scrutiny into nineties, eighties, and and prior cards. It's interesting. But well, you said Beckett's getting tougher. Yeah, I've I've, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. at the the walkthroughs at the show people were I've, i saw more black labels people getting more black labels than i've ever seen in so my that life. canada show was nice i am counting the days of that canada <laughs> show there is there is a a michael jordan rookie that uh um i was looking to buy uh he the guy had a whole set and he's like he's like steve i just gotta be honest with you there's a couple indents in it um you know it's most likely a, you know, a four. And I looked at him like, I completely agree with you. And uh, we were like working on a price. Another kid came in, just bought it. Great. It got a seven. Really? And, like, we're like two, like, like guys that know. Yeah. 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 
mind blown that this card got a seven. And uh, uh, you know, they 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 gave out some nice grades in Canada. So I was yeah. like, dope, bro. I saw three black labels. I was like, I've never seen three black labels. Right. I don't think I've seen three black labels in a show. <laughs> was, it, was it Pokemon or like or like um Weiss uh or, or like I saw anime? one one was a uh like sports Two of them were definitely TCG. One of them was a football card. Okay. Wow. That's impressive. Trust me. (laughs) I see a lot more with Pokemon and Weiss Schwartz than anything else. Yeah, me too. I've never gotten a black label. What? I've never gotten a black label. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's how many many cards do you think you've submitted to, to Beckett? Like if you had the ballpark? Less than PSA, but tons. Cause I'm, I'm at Dallas, you know, uh, three four times a year for that show so they do submissions to beckett or oh, yeah. on site? so beckett's there so beckett's on site and that's one of the, the beauties of that dallas card show is you're right in beckett's backyard so they're doing on-site grading on-site rcr i um, want to give a shout out to my friend stuck on pucks because we brought a lot of his uh his this amazing jack hughes collection so we brought so many like exquisite and cup jack hughes uh rookie patch autos uh there and you know got nines on most of them so uh they were definitely highlights of that uh what? of that what is, show. what is the what does the price go for like yeah, those those cards are like no no I'm saying on like the the oh, on site so grading RCR, RCRs are twenty five dollars, um so you um it comes back in a top loader yeah uh, with like a little silver sticker but do on they it. do they encapsulate on site too they do so they'll take it back to Beckett and you'll get it back like the next day so that's about a hundred fifty bucks that's not bad it, you do, it's not bad so and then for somebody like me. You know, I'll come in Thursday, Friday, you know, and help a lot of collectors with their with their cards and they can get one or two shots of getting the grade. So, you know, uh, we can get a grade an RCR. We can get encapsulated. If they're unhappy with the grade. We can crack it out and send it back again. Wow, that's not too shabby. That's a decent setup. Well, yeah, because, you know, like, in a, you know, I'm here to help collectors in real time, Collect, yeah. whether you're a collector or an investor, you know. Which makes sense um, why you would go to the, the Dallas show, right? Like, yeah, what other shows yeah, do, you, do you target specifically? Like, because you're like, there's going to be a lot of people there submitting. Yeah, I, I the ones that have on-site grading. And that's where I can provide the most value for collectors, either advising them to grade, you know, at the show. Yeah. Or, or hold off till after the show or not to grade the card at all, you know, after evaluation and cleaning and prepping, you know, it's a, um, you know, there so many collectors are there to make money in real time. Um, you know, and so my service helps with that, you know, main collectors, you know, aren't there to make money. And, you know, it's like, Hey, send it in. Don't, but don't spend the, you know, $150 upcharge, send it in regular. You know, if, if, you know, if you're not, into moving the card yeah it's interesting so i mean first of all you you wouldn't have even come to toronto i would never have seen you in person if, if there was no on-site grading most likely <laughs> Damn. all right we'll see everything happening for a reason then absolutely absolutely and i can't wait to go back to that toronto show Maybe why like, why why can't you wait to come back like that show just got me right here <laughs> right um so for me, I love seeing a mix of of raw and slabbed cards. You come to LA, 
it's all rows and rows and rows and rows of slab cards. Um, Atlanta, a little more raw than than than, than slab. Toronto had this great mix. Um, everybody was super nice. I was able to find like some guy had vintage rack packs. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only one. He was like, yeah, you know, sixty dollars. Like. Sounds great. I would never have been able to find something like that, um, you know, at a show in LA. You know, just there, there's just so many uh, just amazing kind of just it kind of felt like a garage sale a little bit. You know, there's just so many collectors with lots and lots of interesting cool cards. I love that. I'm glad. I'm glad you had fun. I mean, so far everyone I've spoken to that that came down. And they don't have to, you don't have to be nice to me. I mean, you can, you have, you can trash the show all you want, but like everyone, I love everyone, everyone said that they've had, they've had fun. And I mean, hopefully that me- that means that more people are going to travel. I guess we're up here um, and not be so afraid of the, the cold because I, we do put on a really good show and it continues to grow and, and, and get better and better, especially with, you know, people like you showing up. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, we, we mentioned the opportunity to, try for a grade multiple times. Uh, how often are you like cracking cards out? Is that something that like, people ask you to do? If so, are you comfortable doing that? Oh, and yeah. it's a service yeah. I provide. Okay. It's a All service right. that I gladly provide whether collectors mail cards into me or if I'm at a show. Um, again, I'm here to help collectors in real time. Um, so whether if somebody wants to, you know, you know, crack out a personal card from a Beckett and cross try with PSA or vice versa, or, or if an investor is looking to buy a card, like, Hey, you know, Mr. Minty, I'm, you know, I got, I'm about to buy this eight. He said, you could take a look at it and advise me if it's worth cracking out, you know? And so I'm happy to, you know, to help with that too. You know, it just, it, everything helps, you know, the cycle of the hobby keep on going. Yeah. Do you think that we could come up with a better solution for deactivating certs? Either that or we we just can't put that much stock into population reports. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. That's why I'm asking. I, I, I have no idea. I, I get it on a purist level. Um, again, the collector is allowed to do what they want to do. Of course. I mean, of course. I And I think that leads me down another path of it. Um, I was talking to the great curator in Merlin about this. It's like, like, just because it's slabbed up doesn't mean it's the final grade, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you can crack it out. You know, you can, you know, you can resubmit it. It could get a different grade. It can go up. It could go down. You know, you can like many collectors submit many times till they get the number they want. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just hard for people to comprehend that because they're like, it should just be like whatever number it gets. Right. And because yeah. grading is so subjective. Oh it's my like, God, it's a seven. The, my world has come to the end. I have to get rid of this card now. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, I've recently fallen in love with mags, and I've always been in love with binders. So, like those sevens, like listen, I, I have no problem putting that thing in a binder or a mag, or like not even giving a shit afterwards, you know, or keeping it as a seven. I have plenty of, you know, I I can count. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have like a one point five. Like I have all these random ass grades, and uh, I mean, some of the stuff isn't that old. A lot of it is, you know, uh, correctable. You know, like I mean, I can't tell you the amount of cards I've seen with boogers on them, blood stains. You know, fingerprints. Yeah, dude. There was like this Kobe gold that was a five 
like blood stain on the back. He got it off. Resubmitted. Got a nine. How you get a blood stain off, bro? With Mister Minty Cleaning Spray. <laughs> I wasn't even trying for the plug there. That was great. That was awesome. That's wild. Blood stain. What's the craziest thing you've seen on a card that you've had to like remove? One hundred percent, without a fraction of a doubt. At the San Diego Del Mar show. This was 2002, early 2002, maybe 2021 or 2021 or 2022. It was a Mac Jones Immaculate Shield one of one. And then at this time, Mac Jones was the highest guy. Yeah. Card was 15K, 20K when it came to me. Massive booger on the side edge. This is like a thick card, you know, like 10. 10 mm's, 15 mm's, massive booger on the side of it. No doubt in my mind, the breaker, <laughs> super jealous, just put a big ass booger on like, and said to the client, dude. <laughs> the you think so? I love it. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. And this kid, and this, the kid who brought it to me, he was like, like yeah, like, like, can you clean it up? I'm like, did you see this? It's like, oh. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't know what it was. You did you tell him? He he never looked at it. He like he uh, he got the card from the breaker, um, and then it just it was sealed in the one touch in the bag, and then uh, in so he wanted was, you to clean it up for grading without him actually ever taking it out. Mm-hmm. But, it went but, from the breaker to him, and he never opened it up from the breaker, and came right to me. Did you burst his bubble and tell him there's a massive booger on it? <laughs> Oh, totally told him that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good laugh. That's why I wear gloves now. <laughs> did you get it off though? What? Well, of course we did. I, I, don't know, man. I don't know what kind of. I don't know what kind of. Uh, what's going on with the booger? You know. I mean, it seems like you can get a lot of stuff off. That's awesome. We we got some we got some nice tools right here, some brushes to get it off, and that's the real reason why I wear gloves. I I mean, honestly, after that, I don't blame you, bro. Yeah, totally. That's wild, <laughs> Steve, brother. I... Like, like these cards are like dollar bills; they can't pass around a ton. Um, and uh, you know, I've seen the same card, same cert, same serial number, um, come to my booth like two or three times at a show before. Really? Yeah, because you know you got these flippers; they come around, they're all looking for the same guys. You know it. You know, they get it from this guy, and then it gets moved to that guy, and then back to that guy. I'm like, hey, can you take a look at this? And it's a cycle. That's wild. No, I mean, no one you want to be part of the action. That makes most sense. You know, that's you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and just like you know, it's the best way for me to help collectors if I'm in the the thick of things. Cool. And now with like repacks, like repack buyers being there, you know, it's a you know, if a buyer or a flipper. They just want to know if it's going to gem. If it's not going to gem, they're going to move it to the repacker. Yeah. I, I There is it's its own little ecosystem, right? Like it all kind of, and we have, I've talked, talked about this many times. I don't know why it didn't come out in English, but I've talked about this many times. Like everything kind of feeds into itself. And because it is like for the most part, like a free market, like, I mean, people just spend the money where they want to spend it, right? Like yeah. no one's telling you what what to do or what to buy, or and if they are, you can easily pivot off of that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's definitely a free market, and like, there's new like 
wholesale channels that have opened up with it. There's new, um, like, you know, side hustle channels that have opened up with it. You know, like, you know, there's kids that come from New York that fly to, to the, uh, the Dallas show, you know, they'll come with 10 K and they'll flip around cards and leave with 15 K and they're happy campers. Yeah. It is quite a wild, a wild ecosystem, man. Really cool. Yeah. Steve, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today. Before you take off, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you, whether they they want to contact you, whether they, I mean, maybe they have an inquiry about something to sell you. Maybe they want to submit with you. Maybe they want you to just take a look at their stuff. Maybe they want to purchase your services or your, your supplies. Where can they contact you? Where can they go? How can they speak to you? Sure, sure. Yeah, all right. So MrMinty.com is your place for the hobby's number one pre-grade prep kit. Everything that you need to examine your collection and prep it for grading to help you get nines and tens and identify the Minty's cards in your collection. You can follow me on all the socials, MrMinty underscore supply. Um, yeah, and I offer, if you can't catch me at a show, I do I do many of the big shows across the country, the national Burbank, Dallas, Culture Collision, um, the Toronto Sports Card Expo. Um, but if you don't catch me there, um, I do. Uh, I offer mail-in submissions. Um, you can email me, Mr. Minty at mrminty.com. Uh, we can start a conversation there. Um, but yeah, and I also offer um, submissions to PSA and Beckett. I mean, you walk it right to PSA. You walk it right to PSA. There you go. Team, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Cardboard Coach featuring none other than Mr. Minty himself. I want you to have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks again, Steve, for joining. And uh, team, I hope you have a Take care, everybody. Keep it Minty, fam.